Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Yes, siree, Wednesday. Ooh. Hope you're all doing well. The Monday game was really good. Not what I expected, contrary to popular belief. Well, I thought it was going to be a one-shot, but it ended up being a regular Astonishing Swordsman game. The finish of that adventure, which was very nice, because the person who wasn't going to show up, showed up, which is nice. So, we ran that, and I kept my Meet and Future game for weeks ahead, which is good because it gives me a little more time to work on it. This is the kind of thing I'm going to develop for North Texas RPG Con, so it could use a little work. But I've got a good start, which is good. So, today, well, first of all, I've got a voicemail from Joe the Lawyer. And he broke it up into two parts because it was a little long. So, let's go ahead and listen to that. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, buddy, Joe the Lawyer here. Just wanted to reach out. I'm enjoying your podcast. I just listened to the one about the the, uh, the secret societies and all that stuff. You know, I, I run in a game of Forgotten Realms now. And it's been out for almost 30 years with the setting. So my players have been playing, you know, a long time, too. They know about all these different secret societies and all this shit and all these players and movers and shakers from reading novels and playing past games and just reading all the stuff for all these years. So I said to them, none of that shit exists. Forget it. If you read it in a book, it don't exist. Kelvin, Elminster, none of the Harpers, none of, nothing exists. Everything you read doesn't exist. Pretend the Forgotten Realms is a place with the coincidentally has the same name as some cities, same name as some uh, some places, but that's really it. Much bellyaching ensued. I can tell you that. Um, part two coming up. Yeah, here's part two. So basically, all their 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 expectations were completely thrown. You know what I mean? Which to me, that's my job as a DM. Your expectations are completely thrown off. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't, you shouldn't have an expectation that you could bring some problem to an Elminster or Kelvin type and have it solved or some big organization and take it off your hands or to do something for you or to pull your ass out of the fire. No, you're in this shit together, just you and your group, and that's it. And uh, that's that's now had a, a sort of an expectation reset for them. Now, that's not to say there isn't some such type organization out there, but it begs the question, why would a first-level spank loser peon know about that they wouldn't so they may encounter some members of these organizations they may even be asked to join way later but not today later buddy thank you much joe i appreciate that yeah i've seen that done before where somebody says okay this is uh, greyhawk and you are going to be in this world and you know nothing about... I mean, you, the, the the places are still the same and stuff, but they totally gut the world. They gut the world of all NPCs and things like that. They keep the cities, the towns, the whatevers, but they... I've seen DMs build it from... rebuild it from the ground up, I should say. I myself... I usually... That's, that's too much work. So, I, I play it as written, but I usually end up running the characters through some place where they won't bump into these famous people. Maybe rarely bump into them. We've had a 5th edition game that my buddy Carlos ran, the two-year game I was talking about, and we bumped into one one person from that from the realms. We happened to bump into Volo. 
and our resident thief, bard, whatever, was totally agog of him, like he was a celebrity. And that was like early on in the game. Then we went into Chult, and you know what happens in Chult. And at the end, our, our characters retired, and two of them retired to Waterdeep, and one of them came, became one of the secret lords. So they didn't bump into them per se, but he, we did, he did have a brush at the end with one of the societies, which is running Waterdeep. So it, they're there, just the, my characters or the characters I use or when I'm DMing run with, I just, oh, you're over here, they're over there. They're doing other things. That, it, that's the way it should be. To me, that's whether, it's, whether, you're, whether you're gut in the world or you're running it as written, that's the way it should be. Because the characters have their own agendas. They are, these other people are heroes, what they call heroes of another story. And their paths may cross. And it's fun every once in a while. Like I said, we ran into Volo. So it's, it's not a bad thing to run it as written, but you can also gut it like you said. Because some, some players know the campaign world too well. As you as you might say, the books and the supplements and all that kind of stuff. I mean, even if you go to the world of NPCs and stuff like that and societies and stuff, they're still going to expect something like that. And you can come up with your own. They never ran into Harpers. Maybe one. No, no, they never ran into Harpers or anything like that. But they were there. They were. But and the main the main antagonists in the whole story was the Red Wizards of Thay. So there's that. We were running Curse of Strahd, and well, then there's Strahd too. They ran into some, they fought Strahd like five times. So they're running into these people, but unless they're antagonists and motivate the story, they don't really run into them. So that's my saying. Okay, we've got some more undead to talk about, and we're getting really down to the powerful stuff. This is the ghost. Now, I looked through, I even looked at the brown books, which is not easy. The ghost does not appear until Mincer. And what's interesting about the Mincer version, I look in the rules cyclopedia, and what's interesting about the Mincer versions, they can be of any alignment. And they they have like little things they can do depending on the alignment. It's a three-point alignment system, but still, any alignment, hey. Okay, we go into first edition, though. Ghosts are lawful evil. And they are very rare and very very power, more powerful. You know, when I started D&D, somebody said, oh, he's throwing a ghost. Oh my gosh, he's throwing a ghost at us. Like, yeah, ugh. I've seen a lot of haunted house movies and things. Yeah, ghosts. Okay, whatever. And then the ghost started to do what ghosts do, and I was loading my pants, and, and it's like, wow, this is not my dad's ghost. No, sir. I mean, we're talking 10 hit dice here. And armor class zero would he be, would they semi materialize if they want to attack by touch or hit you or something like that? They're they're AC zero, and to do anything to to anything of, of significance to them, you have to get on their plane, like the ethereal plane. Spells won't work, and they got this nasty magic jar attack where they can suck somebody's soul right into this whatever container is, and it becomes ethereal like the ghost while he's holding it, and the ghost takes over the guy's body. 
So there's that. And also, if in, in the, according to the first edition, they don't do this in the other one, you can age 10 to 40 years just by looking at a ghost if you do not make your save. And you will add also the effect of fear. You will flee in panic for 2 to 12 turns. Like I said, if you don't make the save, this is what happens. Sorry. So these ghosts are not to be taken lightly. These are the guys you save for a big boss, a bigger boss. Say it's not a big earth-shattering adventure. I would make these the big boss. The, the classic haunted house stuff. Get rid of the ghosts in there. And yeah, you don't have in this in this scenario you don't have ghosts. You know all these you know popular haunted house. There's one bad ghost. That's all you need for a party like that. Your party better be at least something like seventh level before they even think about going up up against this. More like uh, more like eighth level or higher. And the nice thing about clerics is, if you can get a cleric sixth level or higher, they are immune to the to the fear factor. And anything, any character, any humanoids above eighth level, they get a plus two to that saving throw. So, I mean, just the, the I always have a problem with monsters where you just look at them and something happens. I can understand things like troglodyte stench and stuff, but you know, you look at a mummy, you either you save or you run in fear, and that can. Well, it's it comes in handy, but I just don't want to I don't want to overuse it if you you might say. And when they're semi-materialized, you can't hit them, but they need to be hit with silver or magical weapons, and the weapons only do half damage. So you've got a you got one ghost, you got a fight on your hands. I mean a big fight on your hands. And like I said, they they could be the big bad. They could be, I would give the ghosts a trigger. And what I mean about a trigger is something that could either banish them or put their soul to rest. And that would be the crux of the story right there. What do you do to take care of this ghost? And lawful evil or not, if I'm playing, if I was running first edition, I would go back to Mincer and say, okay, there can be any, any, any alignment. Because I want to be able to build a story around. And if you could, if you could have something with the, that can be any alignment, it's to me, it's easier to build a story around them, a soul that is not in rest. Because in first edition, their hu- evil humans were so awful in their badness, and I'm quoting, that they may have they have been rewarded or perhaps cursed with being given undead status. Thus, they roam about at night in places of darkness. And they hate goodness and life, hungering to draw the living essence from humans. So it's not like it's trying to do that to stay on this plane. They're just doing it out of cussedness. If you want to play the lawful evil ghost. See, anything I, I see in a monster manual that says it's this alignment, I'm always looking for the exception. Because exceptions are not only unique, but... You, it's easier to build a story around them. Why are they this way? Why are all the other bad guys this why is that one orc lawful good why is that one undead trying to help the characters i in my world i have a chaotic good vampire a good vampire it helps that he doesn't want to be a vampire but 
he's got an arrangement. You've, you've heard it's, it's the end of my my uh, cattle drive scenario, but he is a good vampire. He did not choose to be a vampire. His grandfather made him a vampire. So there's that. That's why I like to look for the monsters that are exceptions. But if if I want to, if I have to play a, a lawful evil ghost, you know, if I want to run a lawful evil ghost and build around a story, that way, you know, in that case, if they're not of a goodish a, a goodish alignment, I wouldn't try and put them to rest. I would try to banish them, because you know they're going to hell if you do that. Well, you hope anyway. So then you yank out the silver and find that one thing that can get rid of them. There's always that one thing that can get rid of them. So go ahead and use the ghost because it's a lot of fun, but you better have a party that's up to it. So I'm going to leave that there, and I'm going to go start my day. So folks, if you want to talk to me about it, talk with me about this, and if you have any kind of a comments or anything else I have to say, you can drop me an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. And you can give me a voice, or you can give me a voicemail at Anchor. And we are monetized as little as 99 cents a month. You can support this program, and I thank you. And I do thank Jonathan George Wendell Jessen, of course, and Oliver Sheik for contributing to my show. Thank you, fellows. Those are my two first two supporters. So... Until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.